It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time of the Hail Mary 3 by OP. Get that cabbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 859 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday. God, no idea. Wednesday, January the 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure that you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. No shortage of things for you to check out. If you are a sports fan who likes more than just this one team, we are almost certain to have a podcast covering your other favorite teams. So go look them up. If you just search, uh, you know, Locked On X team or just search your team's name on Apple Podcasts, you're more than likely to find a Locked On podcast covering that team every single day in the same wonderful fashion that we do here on this podcast. So thanks in advance for supporting. All right. On today's show, we welcome the triumphant return of one of our favorite guests, a recurring guest who been away for a few weeks just with the holidays and the general uh, disaffected mood around the team. And uh, we're very, very happy to welcome back to talk about the vibes of this year's Raptors team, the individual player vibes, the Tampa Bay nonsense, all that stuff. It's going to be a sad one, but that's okay because it's our chief feelings correspondent. It's Katie Heindel. Katie, how's it going? Hi, dude. <laughs> it's going well. It's going well. Ready ready as ever to talk about this. I would like to make business cards for you uh, with the Lockdown Raptors logo on them. And it's Katie Heindel, Chief Feelings Correspondent. How would you feel about that? Yeah, I would like that. Can you imagine me giving those out to people when <laughs> I'm ever able to get close enough to a person again to give them a business card? Yeah, yeah. It feels like a, the best possible way to ring in human interaction whenever we're allowed to do that again. Uh, yeah, I, you can write that off in the show's budget, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my fiance's a teacher. I'm pretty sure I could get it made for free. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> uh, let's dive in here, Katie. It's lovely to have you back, and uh, I'm sorry it's under such uh, dour circumstances as your Toronto Raptors are, of course, one in five. And things are not good right now. Um, there's lots of different things to dive into with the performance of the team, from the offense to the defense kind of slipping in that Celtics game to the bench to Pascal Siakam. On the court, we kind of know all the reasons to this point. Actually, yesterday on the podcast, I went through my top six reasons and my power stankings of the <laughs> things that stink the most about the Raptors right now. Um, so you can go listen to that. Today, we're going to dive into the vibes and the feelings though and try to diagnose exactly what's going on and see if there's any hope for 
the Raptors of turning this ship around? Because I think it's pretty undeniable, Katie. Let's just start here. Like, the mood of the team is, like, kind of foreign to me. I've never seen a Raptors team under Kyle Lowry look this dejected, this down, this disconnected with one another. Have you noticed the same things? Do you feel like that's a big part of it? And obviously, it's like a chicken or egg thing. It's, you know, is the the sad mood leading to the bad play or is the bad play leading to the sad mood? Maybe it's a bit of both. Uh, but how have you how have your overall feelings been of the Raptors vibes so far this season? Because it, it just they have not really been what we've come to know and love from this franchise. They're super flat, right? Like, I think that's the first thing you kind of notice, like, at no point there, there were some like bright spots, like I guess the beginning of that, of the Celtics game, like the first, what, three minutes of the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, that was more fluke than it was like them being very generative of, of energy. That was just mm-hmm. them like getting some wild three point shots from way out. Um, mm-hmm. And they couldn't sustain that obviously. But I think what's been more interesting is like, and this is a testament to us, I think is sports, a Toronto, like, fans uh is we've seen it because like you and i have talked about it i've talked about it with other people like whether in media or just like separately and you know we've kind of been like i feel like there's something but like maybe we're just seeing something that other people aren't seeing but then that last game seeing like a lot of other like u.s media and like other people i follow not just like in basketball twitter but like you know pretty storied reporters and writers being like oh Mm -hmm. i like i there's something off with this team and then seeing that and being like, Oh yeah, we we were right. When it's like, we knew, (laughs) we knew all along, but maybe it's like, we're hoping it's just something we're super like tuned into that other people aren't necessarily seeing yet, but other people are seeing it. So it is weird. I think at first it was probably the the bad energy was coming from playing shittily, but now I think it, it is really cyclical. Uh, I think we're getting to the point now when, you know, when does this stop being a rough start and become mm-hmm. a bad season, frankly, you know, or like, this is a, we're, we're not like, we're not in the early, we're in the early part of the season, but like we've, we've gone past the, the start line, you know? So yeah. this isn't them just like getting off on the wrong foot. There's definitely something else going on. Yeah. Like we're within the month, uh, like by the end of January, it feels like we'll probably have our answer as to whether or not this is just what the team is. And maybe mm-hmm. they turn it around. You know, road trips can often be galvanizing, I guess. They're going on a four game West trip right now. I have a little less faith in like having that sort of, you know, congealing energy on a road trip this year because the entire season is a road trip and it clearly hasn't done much for the camaraderie or anything like that Mm -hmm. um and i want to get into the tampa stuff as well but first i want to kind of ask you about nick nurse because he i think kind of really got the ball rolling on monday about the bad vibe feelings before and after the game kind of just flame throwing everybody on the team <laughs> like just matt thomas sucks malachi <laughs> flynn did nothing terrence davis terrible like he's just he was very very flippant in how he was talking about the players before and after that game he's been like that all season long it seems he's called out matt thomas a lot of times for a guy who's only played two games i just didn't know you could have that many complaints about a guy who's only played that much and i don't know katie where are you at with the nurse thing because like obviously 
like I, I don't think anyone's saying Nurse is not a good coach or anything like that. It's just I'm curious what you think about the strategy of you know being full Nurse at leaning into you know ripping apart guys publicly in an effort to get them to buy in, like he did last year with Ron Day and a, a few yeah. other guys, Stanley Johnson, T- Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher. The list goes on. If he feels like he's kind of done it all, it, like as much as he did last year in six games so far, and he's not really. Um, spreading it out or anything like that. It just kind of feels like that's his M.O. at the moment is to just rip apart everybody who's not impressing him, which on this team right now is a lot of people. Considering the the circumstances, you know, I made the point yesterday in the podcast about how, you know, considering how terrible the Tampa Bay thing seems to be, maybe he could exercise a little TLC here. I, I, how do you feel about Nurse doing his Nurse thing? Is it something that has been off-putting to you? Do you think it's like a good strategy? And do you think it's contributing to the overall kind of sad, sour mood around the team right now? See, the thing is, I don't think it's it's not warranted what he's saying. But I also yeah. think... It's all very true. <laughs> but I think it's starting to fall a little short or feel a little bit hollow because clearly it's what he's used to having work. You know, whether that's like, you know, calling guys out, it creates a little bit of a fire under them and want to prove something like that worked in the past so that's what he's trying but it's not working now and when you continue to do it it's kind of like this kind of folds into what I think in general of nurse this year which is like this is going to be his most it was going to be his most challenging season as a coach and it definitely is now because of all this but like he he, he's going to have to figure out some some new tricks and some new way to ways to like get the team's attention i don't think he's lost the team like it's it's he hasn't been a coach for that long for that to happen but something is happening where he has no like it feels like he has no backup for what's happening and his usual methods aren't working and he's kind of you know in scrums like sometimes he'll be really jokey and sometimes he'll be very upset (laughs) and like we've seen that in the past but I feel like it was more even healed. Um, it seems to be oscillating a little bit more in the times when he's being kind of jokey and cute. And I'm like, I don't really feel like this is the time for this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not the coach, but watching it, I'm a bit like, ooh, like this feels misaligned, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, he had, a, he had an interesting quote where he said something, it was like very depressing, but when he was talking about the road trip, I usually road trips, as you said, too, like they can kind of spark something little bit of a change of scenery but he's like you know this year um we're not going anywhere when we go to new cities we're just in the hotel right we don't leave the hotel we don't see people we don't see the city so it's like there's no real chance to like have that nice change of scenery so like and he sounded extremely depressed when he said that (laughs) um just about living in hotels and basically going from the hotel they're currently living into another hotel they'll live in for the duration of like them being in that city um but that said, like, there's also a point where, and I, Larry said this too, when our sweet friend Lewis asked him if, <laughs> if it, it was like taking his, the, the, like Tampa was taking the toll on the team, basically. Mm-hmm. And Larry was like, you know what, maybe, but like, also this is what we signed up for. Like, this is literally our jobs. We're professionals. Like, if we have to play in Tampa for a season, we have to play in Tampa for a season. Like, we, we can't really like use this as an excuse anymore. And I do agree with that. And I agree with that applied to nurse as well. Like they chose to go there. Hopefully they ironed out some of the early kind of kinks. I know there's still guys that have to like get homes and like don't yeah. have places to live yet. Hopefully they're working towards that. But like you're there now, you know, 
Um, and you can't just like use that as a backup anymore. In a lot of the same ways, I feel like he can't just like use calling people out as like a, a way to get their attention because that isn't working. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm a little bit more sympathetic to the Tampa thing. I think it's totally okay to use that as quote unquote an excuse. Like there's this like, I don't know, stigma attached to the word excuse. It's like an explanation for why things are bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think I, I, yesterday I heard on the low post Richard Jefferson saying the same thing. Like, oh, they signed up for this. They signed up for this. And like, they didn't really sign up for this. Uh, like they signed up to play in the NBA and they mm-hmm. got a lot, paid a lot of money as a result. They didn't sign up to play in a non-NBA city during a pandemic that is in a different country. Like it's a, a shitty situation. And yeah, there were other cities to choose from. And yet maybe they would have been a little bit more at home in like New Jersey or something. I don't know. But I I still totally buy the Tampa explanation for the bad vibes. I mean, these are guys like Kyle himself who has kids. And like, I don't I don't know who's there and who's not in terms of families for, for these guys right now. We haven't seen a ton of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like either way, the decision these guys are making is okay do i relocate my entire family here and find a place to live or do i play without my family both of those decisions suck and are probably a big reason for i guess a lot of the distracted feeling energy or whatever it is going on right now i want to keep going on on the tampa stuff in just one second katie but first i want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag who are wonderful if you are throwing down some money on the sports that you like to watch. You can sign up right now at betonline.ag for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus, meaning that if you put in 100 bucks, you're going to get 150 bucks into your account to play with. That is a great little deal. Uh, there are tons of things to bet on right now, too. There's just sports everywhere. The NHL season's coming up. They've got NHL futures on betonline.ag for you right now. They've got... NBA games every single night. I've been throwing some money down. If you're really, really looking to hedge your feelings, bet against the Raptors to win. So even if they lose, you get some money out of it. Yay! Anyway, go to betonline.ag right now. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Katie, we're going to continue on on the uh, the Tampa stuff in uh, just a sec. Just a reminder that Locked On Bets is running strong right now for you. It is a daily gambling show with your boy Q of Locked On Raiders and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, giving you 10 to 12 minutes every single day on the bets you should be making to win yourself some money. And they are winning people some money. So go and subscribe to Locked On Bets today. All right, Katie, let's uh, continue on here. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the Tampa thing before we get into some individual players and sort of the dynamics going on there? It's just I, I I feel bad for these guys. I really do. And maybe I'm putting too much stock into that. And maybe that move doesn't account for all of the reasons why the team is bad now. I just kind of feel like 
it's not a very good vibe starting point to be relocating to a new city and country in a state that is Florida. Um, as much as it has golf and is nice, I guess. I, I don't know. Any other lingering thoughts on Tampa before we dive into some individual guys here? Yeah, I mean, I want to clarify. Like, I'm saying that because that's literally what Lowry said. And when he said it, I was like, okay, I feel like it, it, us as people covering the team and as fans, I think we can hold to that. Like, yeah, it's hard on these guys, you know, as long as we want. But mm-hmm. I also think if someone on the team who is the team's leader and who obviously is trying to like seed a new maybe mindset or approach that these guys kind of really need right now is then saying like, you know what? Yeah. Maybe this was hard initially, but like we have to, we have to kind of buy into this because we're here now. If he's saying it, then I'm like, okay, I feel more comfortable like getting behind this. I'm not saying like, there's no such thing as like, (laughs) like (laughs) this isn't hard for them. Like they're professional athletes. Like obviously it is. And it was, and it will continue to be, but I just mean like, in terms of using that as an explanation, I guess I'm just going to, I'm very comfortable following Larry's lead on that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, by the way, the answer to all of this, uh, especially like when they're playing in Tampa and other fans are uh, taking over the building, um, you got to get the, the video boards back in. Shout out to Sarah McDonald, uh, wonderful Raptors internet and music writer presence. Uh, she pointed out like, yeah, like get those damn things in there and let me scream as loud as I possibly can uh, over the over the Zoom call or whatever, um, which would be that nice. the NBA's budget. So if the NBA wants to lend, <laughs> yeah, some money, yeah, yeah, set that up. But they probably should. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just the fans thing is a whole. And look, I think I found the point I was going to make before Katie in the break when I lost Excellent. my train of thought. Yeah, um, but like I think it, it is definitely easy to sort of think it's just isolated to the Raptors these bad vibes because of the circumstances and because of the one in five start. But like if you've watched the entire league so far this year. There's a whole bunch of weird energy floating out there. Everyone seems kind of bummed out. And, you know, some teams are playing well, sure, but, like, it's a very strange, bizarro start. Nothing makes a ton of sense. And the... I just feel like it's very easy to get into your Raptors bubble and think, oh, no, only the worst is befalling this team because they're the one I watch every night and they're the one I keep up with the most. But... There's a lot of other teams that are going through it right now too, I would think. And the fans thing, the the empty buildings, the like partly filled buildings can't be helping matters much. I don't know. In what in what you've been watching around the league, would you agree that that's also probably true? Like this, it's not as bad for the Raptors in comparison to the rest of the league as maybe it seems when we're so focused on the Raptors every day. No, <laughs> I think to a degree, yes, it has been strange for a lot of teams to start. Um, they started at a different time of year. Like the rhythm is weird. The whole thing about like camps being super short. I'm kind of concerned about that just in terms of like psychological effects and also physical effects. Like yeah. there have been a couple more weird injuries, I think, than we would have probably seen at the start of a season. But injuries are also can be super fluke things. So who knows? Um, but for the Raptors, I think you kind of have to qualify it as like, yes, we're super in tuned with them. But also I think it's the most noticeable because it kind of feels like a complete 180 for the team, right? Where other yeah. teams are maybe dipping or lagging or something's weird with, with one thing. Like, it's <laughs> it's weird almost with everything with the Raptors and just, like, you know, a team that is usually, like, really energetic, super gritty, 
extremely fun to watch. And you can feel that, like it's a palpable thing. None of that is there. Um, and we'll get into that like player to player, but I think the reason it's noticeable and other people, not just like Raptors people are noticing it too, mm-hmm. um, is because it's probably the starkest turnaround. Yeah. I mean, if they were coming from a place where they were just like a normie, regular run of the mill team, then it might be a little bit less, I guess, jarring to see, but they, for how many years now have been like the most joyous, fun, energetic scream mm-hmm. at you the entire game. Like, that's the thing. I don't even know if I've seen Kyle Lowry like have the energy or the the fuel to like scream at a ref yet. It's very very strange. <laughs> Nurse has been doing it for everybody uh, and taking his mask off in the process. But um, yeah, it, it's you're probably right that it's a little bit more pronounced for the Raptors than anybody else. It just hey. um, so yeah. Let's get into some individual players here, Katie. Uh, let's do that in just a sec. First, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar, who make the best tasting protein bar in the world. Maybe they should send a shipment down to the Raptors and give them some nice, tasty treats to help alleviate their sad moods. Uh, either way, they have 18 wonderful flavors for you to try out. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. For me, it's been a nice way to kind of wean myself off of garbage chocolate and Christmas sweets and cured meats uh, because it feels like an indulgent treat. But it's actually pretty good for you. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a tasty, tasty treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets as well. And uh, I am, after like a month of sitting on my ass, in the process of getting exercise in once again because I'm getting married this year and I can't be this shape when that happens and so built bars help me out i just take a built bar before i go on my bike ride or whatever it might be and i come home and my stomach's not too full and i'm feeling great and i've gotten some tasty energy along the way right now when you go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on to get you get 20 percent off of your next order that is the promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Katie, just a reminder before we get to some individual player vibes here on the podcast that uh, on the NHL side of the network right now, we have our NHL season preview specials running. You're familiar with these from the NBA, most likely, where all the local hosts chip in. And we got four division previews running for you this week. Yesterday was the North Division, the probably Canadian Civil War inciting North Division with all seven Canadian teams. Go listen to that. And today we have the East Division, which is very fun and cool as well. So go and listen to Locked On NHL. All right, Katie, individual player vibes. Uh, There are a lot to dig into here. We might not get to them all on the podcast, but we should probably go with the notable guys. We should probably start out with Pascal Siakam, who spoke a lot about his uh, struggles with the bubble and not really being mentally in it. Seems as though it's carried over a little bit, although I don't think he's been as bad as he was in the bubble this season so far. He's had some nice flashes, at least some moments where it's like, oh, there's the old Pascal that we just did not see in that Celtics series basically at any time. Um, But how are you feeling about Pascal right now? He, you know, it's... You had him sitting out the game. You had him, uh, you know, leaving the game against the Sixers early. It's just, it's... 
It's not Pascal. Pascal is like this beam of joy in most regular circumstances, but it's not been there now for 10 months, you know, since the end of the, the, the regular season before the shutdown. How are you feeling about Pascal's vibe situation? And is there a chance that, like, what's going on with him is maybe the biggest thing that's bleeding into the rest of the team right now? I mean, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating because I think, one, I think there was much more to him getting benched for that game than him just walking off early. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way it was described um, by Nurse, a couple other players when they talked about it, um, and then just like taking that action. I also agree with the action. I know some people were like very doomy about what it could spell, like <laughs> disaster for the team. But the reality is like Pascal is supposed to be a leader and he's supposed to be like, whether it's like, I would even say we should probably stop calling him like the next gen leader. Like he's a leader now, like it's still Lowry, but the whole point is for him and Fred and like Fred is, is Fred is the guy, but Pascal's supposed to be the the guy beside him too. You know, like the, the Raptors have always done well when they've had these kind of two, like a a pair of leaders basically, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and Pascal's just like not really either willing or wanting to or desirous, but like he's not stepping into that role at all. Um, so I think benching him made sense because it's like, it's not like punishment for how he's been playing, but it's like you have to hold to a certain standard of behavior on and yeah. off the court if yeah. you're going to be a leader. And especially now when you have so many new players on the team, some of them young, some of them are just like, you know, they've been around the league, but like you've got to set the standard for like how the whole team kind of behaves and I it's very weird to see him kind of not falling not I wouldn't even say falling in line because it's it's something he's he's been a part of for his entire career you know so I don't know if he feels estranged from it or what's going on but like what strikes me the most is if abstractly if like Pascal had never met Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry (laughs) would not like to play with the kind of player Pascal is striking me as right now, right. which is someone who feels kind of entitled, is getting pretty frustrated at like the wrong times. Like when Larry talks a lot about mental toughness, yeah. we're not really seeing that from Pascal either. Mm-hmm. Like there was a point with like, like everyone else, I was like, obviously something is going on with him and it sucks and we're going to give him some leeway. But there's also a point when you have to be like, all right, if something's going on, you got to figure out a way to deal with it yeah. because like, you're not going to, you have to play the rest of the season. And this is also just like pretty bad for his career. <laughs> like yeah. it's getting to the point where it's like, you know, people are like, okay, should we, should we trade Pascal this season? Cause he has the best like lucrative return on him or whatever, because yeah. he's obviously not working out for the team. And I think that's like, we're maybe not there yet, but like, that's like a new dialogue we haven't even had yet. Or we wouldn't even th- thought to have like this time last season, like last year. Yeah, the thing with Pascal that's weird is even in the bubble when his offense was escaping him and he was getting like stonewalled by Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown every time he tried to post up, it didn't bleed into the rest of his game. Like his defense was as good as it's ever been in the bubble. And I feel like, and a lot of this is due to foul trouble, but that is defense. Not getting into foul trouble is defense. And it feels Mm -hmm. like 
you know, he will pick up those early fouls and then that'll lead to passive defense and then that leads to things kind of spiraling under control because the Raptors can't really afford any margin for error on defense. They have to be at their, like, peak best to survive these games because their offense stinks because Pascal can't figure it out. And, you know, I am entirely sympathetic to what Pascal's probably going through right now, um, you know, between the bubble and, and here and not being in Toronto and all that stuff. And, you know, obviously he was not really playing ba- basketball a whole lot during the shutdown last summer either. And that must have played a toll too. But you're right in that eventually, like, if you're going to be a max player on a team, you have to be able to persevere through that stuff. I mean, it's just, yeah, he. you're totally right in that. It does not seem like he is kind of fitting into the general feeling of the team over the last few years, which is, you know, we're like this insanely resilient, mentally tough team, a team that he was part of and was mm-hmm. party to that very identity. And I look, it's it's always kind of troubled ground to sort of dive into the psyche of a player. We have no idea what's going on with a guy, and I feel uncomfortable about it sometimes. But like when it's bleeding into the play on the court in such a noticeable fashion, it's like it's cause for serious concern. And I, and I still have a lot of faith that he's going to turn it around. I, I just looking at precedent, you never have seen a player like lose it like this before. Like this was a guy who was a second team all NBA player, most improved player, like carving up Draymond Green in the finals 18 months ago and now is like a shell of himself. And, and I just feel like like I can't remember an instance of a player like this becoming a shell of himself in such short order and for no real reason I guess there is a real reason it's the bubble and it's the shutdown and it's the lack of rhythm and all that stuff but like everyone else seems to be getting through it okay and that's that's unfair to compare and say well this guy's handling it better than this this other guy but like when you're a max player there is a certain like standard you have to try to hit and he isn't hitting it so far again I think he was he's been less like disastrously bad than a lot of people are suggesting. I think there have been some nice moments here and there, minus the fouling out. Um, you know, the first couple of games, the playmaking was incredible. The last game against the Celtics, I thought he was by far, you know, him and Fred were by far the two best players on the team. And, you know, the net rating is terrible. They're awful when he's on the floor right now. That I don't think can be sustainable. And, you know, if these guys are hitting just an average amount of their shots, a lot of this probably changes and they're probably you know, three and three or something, and things are a little bit less depressing. But, yeah, the Pascal thing is certainly concerning. Um, Are there any other players whose vibes are particularly worrisome to you right now, Katie? I mean, I I will make a comparison between, like, Pascal uh, and OG because I think maybe more concisely the better way to put it with Pascal is, like, he's playing with a real lack of intention. Like, when you see – like, he seems kind of to get shaken off, like – really easily he's not really driving into the paint he's not finishing um he just seems very easily to like dissuade you know on the floor (laughs) and i would just love for him to like you know take an arrogant shot you know (laughs) like get in and just like even if it doesn't fall or if it like looks really stupid it's just like he seems scared to like screw up whereas like you know there's like players who have like such confidence and such intention that even if they like totally gaff it it doesn't matter you know, because, you know, they'll just come back and try again and eventually it'll fall. And like OG has been doing that, I think, a lot better than Pascal. Like his playing is still inconsistent, but I, I'm noticing just like he's outshining Pascal in that sense. 
You know, yeah. like he's making, he, he like most of the, the plays that he's making, he's making a point while he's doing it. And I think that's like what I miss the most about Pascal. I also think like when we talk about Pascal, like the old Pascal, I think we should not, we should stop that. <laughs> Cause like he's not becoming that anymore. Whatever the new Pascal is, has to be a player that like plays with a degree of intention and also decides on the kind of player he wants to be. Because I think right now he's trying to be way too many things. Yeah. And they don't, that's not helping anybody. It's not helping him. And the team doesn't really need that from him. So let's not, let's quit talking about the old Pascal one. <laughs> we'll just say whatever Pascal figures out, you know, that's the kind of player he's going to be, the new Pascal. Yeah. Um, but I mean, OG. Like I'm like as I said, like there's there's some flourishes. It's not great, but I like that he's. I just have a better sense that he's trying. He's trying mm-hmm. something. He's trying to work through it. Fred, like bless him, is just like this such a steadying <laughs> force right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And like is so hard on himself and just like so clairvoyant when he talks about what's happening. Yeah. Um, I think like if it wasn't for Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry right now, I would truly have no handle on like the identity of the team. Yeah, Fred's been awesome. Uh, he continues to be an amazing quote and uh, like really probably the best view into the sort of inner workings of the team right now. And he's on the floor. He's been incredible. And I, I would hope that like the things that he's bringing might sort of bleed into the rest of the team. You write about OG too. I mean, he's just so steady. I feel like he could miss 10 straight threes and he'd just be like, Oh, it's fine. I'll hit the next one. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, it's a very good way to go about it. And it's just clearly not the way Pascal's operating right now. Um, let me ask you this, Katie, to wrap up. So we've talked a lot in the last couple of years about like the tandems on the team that really kind of give life to everything. And obviously Serge Ibaka was central to everything last year. Um, mm-hmm. And they're very clearly missing the surge element. There's no doubt about that. Is there a tandem of players on the team right now who you think might be able to spark up like a, a fun buddy cop friendship that uh, you know becomes sort of like a, a a beacon of hope and light that kind of brings everything else together around the team? Or is it too disconnected? Because that's kind of my feeling right now is like, it doesn't seem like anybody's kind of simpatico. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing, figuring out their own issues. And I don't really know where that connection, those like that, that sort of two man, three man little grouping that we've seen with Damar and Kyle or Surge and OG or Surge and literally everybody over the years, you know, it just, it seems like everyone's kind of on their own little Island right now. Do you see a potential for a, a, a tandem, a, a duo, uh, kind of bringing some joy back into the into the watching of the team process. Where's Benbury been? Because I feel yeah. like he's he's also the only, but he's also just one guy. But like he is, he has the potential for that kind of like energy. Anyone who talks about him, he's an energy player. You know, like he like that's maybe he can't shoot very well, but like that's what he's going to bring to the floor. And I don't think you can really discount something like that at this point, especially. Like if yeah. Nurse is so intent on throwing out like whatever lineups he like dreams up that second, like we toss Bembry in there, why not? But like, yeah, you're right. Everyone else, it's like two, two kind of lone wolf, like on their own, you know? Like I think the thing with Baines, why I think he's been around so much. And I think sometimes like that works to a player's credit, but I also am starting to wonder if that also makes them more inclined to be a bit more of an internal player when you think like, you know what, I might not be here next year. This team is obviously going through something. I don't know the relationships. I don't know like where I fit in yet. He's like, I'm just going to focus on my role. So maybe that is going to be a deterrent 
as to like why he's not going to pick up like a, a budding relationship with a with a player you know like the same way like Larry had with Serge or like as you said OG had with Serge someone like that I don't know I, it's it's and it also seems sad to like look to just the new guys <laughs> like you know to put all this on like Utah's shoulders or to like put all this on you know like <laughs> put all this on those guys or like Mal. I feel so sad for Malachi. Like I just want him to be able to have like a rookie season. There's so yeah. much like tinfoil hat, like theories around him. <laughs> and it's just like, leave him alone, man. So yeah. I don't see it. I hope something emerges, but like you kind of need the team first, right? You want the team to have a form up its identity before you have these offshoot little identities forming. Yeah, I will say I have high hopes for Chris Boucher. He seems like a dude who gets everybody riled up when he's going off. And Mm -hmm. like a Lowry-Boucher partnership maybe becomes sort of like a backbone two-man game, which would be pretty fun. Um, Lowry's trying with Baines. He's trying to feed him like delicious sweets on a platter. But he keeps punching it out of bounds whenever that happens. (laughs) So uh, so great at uh, just handling... Yeah. Uh, gently a basketball <laughs> he's trying to get you paid Aaron he's really trying here and you're just like really really resistant so I, I don't have a high hopes for that duo um but yeah Boucher seems like a bit of a you know Boucher kind of reminds me of when I played intramural hockey in university as a person who could not really skate and it was mostly as a bit that I played with my friends and when I would score a goal it was basically benches cleared in excitement because I was so like, it was such an underdog moment. And it kind of feels like the team feels like that when Boucher scores. And he probably deserves a little bit more sort of uh, expectation because he has mm-hmm. proven that he can kind of score buckets and stuff like that. But when he is on a heater, it does seem like the team kind of digs that. And so maybe it's just more Chris Boucher. Maybe start Chris Boucher. I don't know. Aaron Baines ain't it. Alex Len is fine <laughs> neither of them are vibes conductors i don't think maybe boucher can be i don't know hopefully things look a little bit better against the suns tonight katie um that's going to bring us to the end of today's show katie thank you so much for being here this was a uh, very good conversation i feel a little bit better and at least my feelings have been expressed in a in a good and uh open dialogue and i'm happy about that uh do you have anything you would like to promote katie yeah, I uh, started a new column uh, at Dime called Not Bad Advice, um, which is, it's like basketball advice, but it's also become personal advice. Um, but it ran for the first time yesterday. So you can find that on Dime. And it was really fun. You know, I talked about the Spurs, like entire history of their motion offense system, which is weird. Cold War <laughs> leanings. Um, I talked basically a Houston Rockets fan through James Harden, essentially like dumping James Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some body image stuff around Luca. <laughs> oh it was very fun. Uh, yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I'm very excited to read Not Bad Advice. It's uh, And send it's... me questions if yeah. any Raptors, because I, I do have some Raptors fans uh, in the waiting for the for the next one but they're heavy you know these are like questions that require some (laughs) length of an answer but like keep them coming um the email address you can send those to is ann ann landry fields like the player uh at gmail.com 
Hell yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Katie. It was lovely to have you back on the podcast. We'll talk to you again very soon. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated when you take the small amount of time it requires to do those things. Uh, go listen to our Locked On NHL season previews. Go listen to Locked On Bets and uh, listen to tomorrow's podcast where we'll be talking about the Raptors and the Suns. I love the Suns. They're my adopted team this year and will continue to be if the Raptors uh, play like they have for the whole season. Um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. It's all very fun. Hopefully the Raptors can pull in a win. I'm not terribly hopeful at this point, but we'll see, I guess. Uh, That will do it. We'll talk to you again on Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.